This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Never has a story about drug addiction been so powerful. Too high to podcast. The Brandon Hahn story. What was that? What was the goat doing? Was it was it getting some dick? Listen in horror as he says things completely wrong. Bill Kelleher, Mastodon. I have to put Chris Cornell up there with like Roger Plant, like one of those. He makes intense political statements, which can come off accidentally racist. I just want to kick a brown person out of their house. Howdy, y'all. Jeez. And or misogynistic. Yeah, learn how to rape the willing. Listen to the pain. Of what marijuana does to him. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll catch something shiny out of the corner of my eye, and then I completely forget what the fuck we're talking about. And more rants and sentence fragments, of course. Uh, somebody took a dump in his mouth. Sometimes you have to hear the pain through the unprepared embarrassment. That is Brandon Hahn. Banging my wife at Queef Brigade. Too high to podcast. Film version coming soon on Netflix starring T.J. Miller and written and directed by Zach Braff. <laughs> This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spych. I want to punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> Dude, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to go see that movie, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, motherfucker. Hey, man. What's going on, guys? It's Metal Sucks. Back again. It's the half show. Well, it's no, the it's midweek show. show. It's a full show. It's a full show, but it's the midweek show. It is the midweek We don't show. usually do midweek shows, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm one of the hosts, Brandon Hahn. I'm Petra Spych. The how, other host. How, yeah. How high are you today? Not at all. Yeah? I'm doing Can pretty good. Can you say uh, the, who we're interviewing's name correctly today? Uh, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are interviewing Jason Kaiser from Origin. Yes. So say it. Jason Kaiser. From? Origin. Good job. Yeah. So you're not that high. No, remember? <laughs> no, like, that was the thing. Like, even in the interview, he's like, well, you guys got my name wrong. I'm like, who's saying, you know, like. like yeah, he said people were saying key. Well, I bet it happens all the time. Yeah. Dude, I've done, like, in, in, in interviews coming up, I've asked people flat out, look, pronounce the name for me. I don't yeah. want to say it like a total dickhead because no. we got, like I said, we got called out. We're pros, you guys. We are pros 20, okay. 22 episodes in. Okay. <laughs> we learn from our we mistakes. We make a huge sum doing this show. <laughs> it is so. Dude, so it's awesome. But anyways. Uh, it's yeah, enough dude. to support my drug habit. So you're, uh, yeah, you're too high to podcast sometimes, bro. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. I just think that, you know, there are times you got to understand, like when you podcast, I really do think that you have to take it seriously. And there are there are fully functional potheads that can do this type of stuff, and yeah. you would never know. And then there's me, where you do know. And, and I, I've done it before, where I had one beer, and man, I'm horrible. See, I can I can drink several beers and, and do I, a podcast. I'm I, I'm on my game. How about you don't test it on this podcast? Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> are you testing it right yeah, now? Well, it's like 11 o'clock in the afternoon. It's 11 o'clock a.m., you know what I mean? Like, believe me, there's no need. I have my limitations, dude. I'm just going to cut right in. I'm like, hey, it's before noon. Fuck it. So the new Origin record, guys, is, it does comes out this Friday, June 30th. I know it's only a few days away. Hopefully you pre-ordered it. Unparalleled Universe, it's on Nuclear Blast Records, guys. Go uh, pre-order that. Check it out. Make sure they are on the Summer Slaughter Tour as well. We'll talk about more of that in the interview. Summer Slaughter, the Summer Slaughter Tour. Tour.com. That's the, correct. You got to put the the in there. That's right. Okay. Yeah, no. I, I think I put that wrong in the notes. So let's talk about yeah. some news before we jump into that interview. Uh, this week we had a lot of beefs going on. A lot of fun beefs. Uh, Papa Coach. 
No, it's just it's, one. you know what I you're doing. Everybody, everybody just, just said, "Oh, poor Brandon." I just wanted to get back. At He's you. got God, nothing damn. but the Papa Coach bit to play for Pete. That's right, or this one. Hello, stupid. No. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that, that one. one. That one too. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, but you know, and and that, I, I got to go back to the lab. To, I got to go back to the lab. You're right, but just in case the bands <laughs> get mad on occasion when we say, you know, take Danzig Viagra, just in case we make Dan- just so you know, we dish it out, but we take it too. We throw it at ourselves yeah, as well. Just exactly. so you know, we're, we're, we're equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. make fun of her so uh this week two guys that weren't really i don't know if it was an equal opportunity but stone sour what fr- was that word again make fun of hers make fun of hers wow yeah don't ever say that again in front of me <laughs> <laughs> don't ever say that again <laughs> people don't see that you have like a cup and yeah. you always threw it at me you like calm down <laughs> you throw you ba- it in my like face. that word offended me like you just said the n-word just out loud i was like what 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 <laughs> like just angry i'm sorry <laughs> what what did i say again Make fun of hers. Make fun of hers. They just, <laughs> oh, God. It just, I feel the bile creeping up my esophagus. Yeah. I want to throw up right now. Go ahead. So, Stone Sour and Slip, now front man, uh, Corey Taylor. Um, he's got, he's beefing with a little bit of a Chad Kroger this week from Nickelback. I guess uh, Chad said something about uh, them never writing a hit song. Yeah, and I don't know what, what prompted Chad to even say that. Dude, I think this is it, dude. Nickelback is the brunt of every joke, no matter how uncool people are. Like, even like cops and politicians who, let's be honest, those are usually the most uncool people on the planet. Mm-hmm. They're making fun of Nickelback at this point. So, yes. every, so Nickelback is a hack joke at this point. They really are. It is. Because it people is. have been ma- making it's fun like of It's like a Trump joke where it's like, look, yes. yeah, we all we don't it. like him, but we, we get, it. get it. How many more, how many more ways are you going to spin that he's orange? We get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm completely with you. So, so Chad, he just, he's on, he fought against Schwarzenegger earlier in the year that we talked about, right? Yeah. He, now he's, he's, uh, just kind of going at Corey Taylor and it's like, everybody's, I on. just want to know what prompted it though. Well, Corey Taylor said something in the news back in the day about Nickelback as a joke, because like I said, you know, right. it's a hack joke and all that stuff. So the point is, is that at this point though, everybody's already on Corey Taylor's side cause he's a Nickelback. It doesn't matter what he says. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing he said that I thought was hilarious was, uh, he said, yeah, Corey Taylor's retort, like it's probably one of those silly, like nonsensical situation like <laughs> phrases i've you ever can tell heard he didn't care but what did he say about this face he said he said chad kroger's he goes chad kroger has a face like a foot and it was like <laughs> what <laughs> what and then and you look at his face and, and then you look foot. at his face and you're just like oh my god that is a foot like i've just never seen that i've never seen that like i remember one time i was doing a roast battle and my buddy my buddy got he's my buddy. Well, two of my friends were going back and forth. For people that don't know, Brandon is a stand-up comedy. I do stand-up well. comedy, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and they're going back and forth. And my buddy goes, he goes, you have a head like a thumb, and it was like that's the most silly, like a silly joke. But dude, it just had me dying, like a face, like a foot. It makes no sense. And then all of a sudden, then the best, like this is one of the few. This is one of the rare occasions where I go, internet, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because after, I say it weekly, probably. See, oh, no, see, yeah. I, no, no, no. See, for every time I say thank you to the internet, there's like f- eight fingers where I'm flipping off the internet going, you're killing everybody. You know no, what I, I mean? You, We're yeah. all going to die because of you. But it's like, um, the part that I love, though, is as a result of him saying he's got a face like a foot, all the trolls... They start. They went right to their Photoshop and they started Photoshopping Chad Kroger's face on feet and everything. And I was so 
fucking funny. Dude. There's nothing better than Photoshop for there, me. Dude, I'll tell you right now, even when it's me, like memes and Photoshop, there's not one time in the week I don't laugh out loud like a, like a jackass at some of them. Sometime yeah. I'm like, oh, boo. But for the most part. And you're easily offended. Like you are, you, you, are you, you, could be, you could be easily offended. Now me on the other I'm hand. I'm easily I'll, offended in one scenario. One scenario. What is it? Don't make fun of the dead. That's it. Okay. That's I, it. I love making fun of the dead. I know dead. you do. That's and the only like, thing that bothers me. Yeah. And it makes Let them go. Yeah. It makes you very upset. But, you know. uh, but, uh, but yeah, like whenever I see, now well, it's one thing if it's like fresh off and if it's a tragic That's what death, I mean. I was know? just about to say, I go, you can make fun of like someone like, I don't know, that's been dead forever. But I'm talking yeah. about like, you know, the day I, after yeah. someone dies, like people just make their memes and jokes. Mm-hmm. Like that does offend me. I'm like, dude, let it be. There's right. a family out there that's, that's grieving right now. I mean, like if I were to make a joke about Grover Cleveland, it's you know, okay. is it okay? Yeah. All I'm right. okay with Grover. Okay. What, what president was he? Yeah. <laughs> Huh? I don't know. Yeah. Which one do you know? No, I have no and idea. Then why the fuck? Because you brought up the reference. Why did you? Uh, why are you trying to make me look stupid when you didn't know it? Man, I don't know. Yeah. I F you. F, F you win this battle. All right. Can we play my bit again earlier about you? It was very funny. <laughs> it was very funny. Fuck. <laughs> you know, you just can't say things like uh, kick brown people out of their houses and not think it's going to come back and haunt you. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's just like whatever. I you know say, there's more to that sentence and you didn't say it like that, but no, like, you can't totally, say that. It was totally like it was totally taken out of context. Like and I will do that. I will do that like, on purpose. Like what I'll do is I'll say something that like I'll make a joke where I where I go into character yeah, you know, trying to make someone else look bad, and then Pete goes, "Oh, let me just cut out all the part where he leads into himself going into a character, and then we'll just focus in on exactly <laughs> that then racist, horrible shit that you just." Pete said. will take a pen and write eighteen thirty one yeah. at the and time it, so I know later to bring that yes. back out. So, <laughs> so, thank you. Another thing that happened this week, guys, there was a bunch of lists that came out. Rolling Stones put one out, Lars. Okay, oh, oh. Rolling Stones can go fuck itself. Any list that Rolling Stones puts out makes no difference to me at all. It's like it's like watching the Grammys. Okay. You know what I mean? What did Rolling Stones do to you? No, just all the people that they, that they get to talk about music, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, especially when it comes to yeah. rock and metal. Like, they have no clue. I got you, but I'll tell you right now, man. Um, I, I don't buy Rolling Stones magazine anymore, and I haven't for a long time. But growing up, that thing was very important to me. Very important to me. I remember them doing a Pantera article when they did number one on Far Beyond Dream. There's a whole article on Pantera. So excited about it. So I, I have a place in my heart for Rolling Stone magazine. Right I now. used to. Yeah. I used to, but, uh, now it's, but now it's the same shit as the Grammys. They do these commemorative issues that I've been noticing at the grocery store. They're like 20 bucks or something like that, but it's like Prince or Pink Floyd or here's like, and I'm like, dude, I, I picked a few of those up. Just well, saying, yeah, well, the commemorative issues, that's one person doing, well, a, they're basically doing a documentary or something like that in print. But their hundred, top hundred metal not albums. A docu- of, what's a documentary in print? What's the documentary in print? It's an autobiography. It's not an autobiography. I'm going to make fun of you that later. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> it's, it's a biography. A documentary print is a biography? Biography. Yeah. I think a biography is a TV no, show. No, an autobiography an is autobiography when somebody is... writes it themselves. A biography is when somebody does the time and does the research and then puts it out. I could be wrong. <laughs> and if I'm right, you're a stupid ass. I didn't say anything. I just don't know what tangent you're going on right now. Dude, I'm... I got, we don't have to prove ourselves the, the correct terminology for someone who wrote a biography. I just drank too much coffee. I'm ready to roll. I, I got you, dude. So, anyways, lists were put out. Rolling Stones put top 100 metal albums of all time. Lars Elgrick put his top 15, and then Rob Halford put out his 10. All lists to me, all of them were actually really good. Okay, I, I think li- I think Rolling Stones did a much better job than I thought. I would like to listen. I would like to listen to uh, or see what 
you know, Lars Ulrich and, and Rob Halford. Rob Halford, to me, I value his opinion well, more than Rob him. had the to just s- because he started it all. Yeah, but Rob had to do it in like in, in just 10, top 10. That, that question would take me days to try to figure it out. And every time I said, well, what about this record? They'd probably, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then because it's too hard to, to, yeah, it's to do too, that. It's uh, naming any naming like a top 10 list is the most difficult thing in the world. The only yeah. way you can actually get a good one is if you get is if you literally have like a hundred people make their top 10 list and then you basically just compile the numbers. And it's like, then you just have to kind of stick to like, Hey, what's your favorite? Somebody always asks, what's your favorite? This of all, like, what's your favorite movie of all time? Like I know my favorite movie of all time, you know, what was the top one of Rolling Stones? Oh, and the top one in the Rolling Stones, I'm going to double check right now. But it was, oh, it was Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Paranoid. Okay, yeah, perfect. And okay, then, um, I can't, can't yeah, disagree no, with the, the Rolling Stone list, like I was going down, I'm like, oh, got death on there, got Master of Puppets is probably in the top five. Yeah, it was in the top five. And then uh, with uh, with uh, Halford, he had ten, so uh-huh. he pretty much took ten of like the greatest metal records and put it together. He did throw in one surprise. So number ten, he had Motorhead, Ace of Spades. Yeah, get it. Got to have that. Number nine, he did Slipknot. I don't know. Which one? The, the, first, the one? first one. Top ten, dude. Hey, yeah. that, when well, they came I can out, see that. I can see that. When they came out, that that, that band was revolutionary. I'm right. sorry. Like, yeah, I'm that with was you. Great. Number eight, which surprised a lot of people, was Emperor Anthems to the Welkin at Dusk, which is their third record. Oh, not not the Nightshade one. Not Operation one. Mindcrime. Or you, did you, what, I did you say Queensrÿche? No. Oh, I, I thought you say Emperor Empire Queensrÿche. I was fucking. Fucking off. <laughs> emperor, bro. Oh, emperor. When you said not Operation Minecraft, you should have like, saw what? my face. You damn it. Dude, no more I'm caffeine. S- Too caffeinated dude, to podcast. This is the second podcast we've done in like a, in a row. Yeah, I know. We're doing a lot today. So uh, number seven, Dio, Holy Diver. Number six, Pantera, Cowboys from Hell. Number five, Slayer, Rain of Blood. Four, Iron Maiden's first record, which isn't the one without Bruce Dickinson, which is kind of odd. Three, Corn. Got to give it to him, I guess. And then uh, Metallica, Kim Wall, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. That list is like, let me just go with the best bands wait, in wait, metal. Wait. So what was two? Co- Metallica, Kim Wall. Okay. Kill so me. pretty much Sabbath, Metallica. Number three was Corn. So he basically did a lot of uh, he did a lot of first records by bands by the sounds of it. Uh, yeah, Actually, so the majority know. of them were first. I mean, uh, I know like nah, that's half and half, I guess, because you, you got to look at like Rain and Blood, obviously not a first record. Well, I understand you know. that, but I mean, Ace but, of but, but Metallica, Kill 'Em All, and then Iron Which, Maiden, the first one. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Sabbath. Yeah. No, you're right. You know, you're I right. mean, it's just like, uh, I never find the, like, I, I don't want to say never, but for the most part, I always really enjoy like three or f- uh, by album three or four. I never find the first record to be like the most, uh, I always find the second one to be the best. You do? The mo- in most cases. Yeah. Now, now, granted, there are a lot of times where the first one just blows your fucking mind and then mm-hmm. you're expecting the next one to sound more like that album. And then all of a sudden they, they I, fuck up, they fuck up somewhere down the road and they try and get too cute. I was just about to say, <laughs> Don't get too cute. Don't get, don't too, get cute. too cute. To, especially in metal. <laughs> don't get, like, too, don't cute. get too cute. <laughs> we talk about this with uh, yes. Jason later. Don't get too cute. Don't get too cute. That's what it is. But I think a lot of bands that come out super strong with that first record, um, sometimes they don't make it past that 10-year mark. I call it the 10-year mark because that's where most bands take a break. You know what? You might yeah. be right because I do think if a band makes it, if a band makes it to album number three and it's spectacular, mm-hmm. then they will have. They got a formula. They've they got a formula, and and they will be able to the, make money for the rest of their careers. The kinks are worked out exactly yeah, right. Exactly. But now, granted, album number one, I've heard some spectacular first albums mm-hmm. where I'm I'm blown away, and I'm like, this is the next big thing. And then album number two comes out, and I'm like, wow. See, you know what? I haven't heard I want to clean my ears out with toilet paper. That's funny you said that. Because somebody jammed the turd in there. Uh, no, I understood, I understood that. Thank you. Because people wipe turds with toilet Diarrhea. paper. Diarrhea. Mm. Corn. Empire. 
Emperor. <laughs> Go ahead. <Sorry>. <laughs> There's just a noose above you. I just see you hanging just, in yeah, it. Yeah, Anyways, uh, so uh, the point... <laughs> I, threw, dig, I dig threw a me deep. Off. I dig, I, my graves are 10 feet deep. I do apologize for throwing you off your game by that bit. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to hit you this hard. No, no, no. I mean, okay. your, your ego is crushed right my now. My ego is destroyed. Uh, I, I, I see you try to do better. You're doing worse. I'm I got to look worse. you're doing I'm worse. I'm telling you right now. You, started, you, you put me in negative land. You put me in negative land. Now I'm questioning my skills. Everything. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 fuck me all up. After I said Emperor, you dropped Operation Mindcrime. <laughs> <off. laughs> I don't know where the fuck I was. <laughs> and I am 100% sober. What I was going to say is that uh, nowadays... Back in the day, debut records did matter because it took labels. They were touring before for a while. They were getting their shit. To, nowadays, because it's so easy to put out a record, the first records, there hasn't been a debut record. Uh, you guys put in the comments section what debut record is like. This is going to break what kind the top of time 100. Frame? What kind yeah. of time frame are you talking, though? Well, I'm talking about like always. Like from what year to? Like I'd what? say from 2000 to uh, 2017. Yeah. So so 2000. So in the last 17 years. Who put a debut record? Who that put was a debut like, record out? This is going to be one of the greatest things of all time yeah i don't think they do by album three or four i think they get it i think a lot of times people like really really peak or not peak but re- really get their rhythm by six or seven you know i think it takes that many albums oh, now to find no how many uh, bands even make it to six or seven i know that's crazy I no know. no 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 the if you don't have it, there if you don't have it by three you think it's, it's done it's a wrap yeah you know so but anyways so uh yeah good list from all three of them you know lars's list was good i'm telling you rolling stones what was lars's list what was his top five I'm going to check it right now for you because I knew you were going to ask me that question. But uh, it, was, uh, it was similar. There was one in there that was kind of surprising for me. Hmm. That's real good. There you go. Didn't have it written down or anything like that. Let's just scour the Internet. Save us. Save us, <laughs> Internet. Save us. <laughs> i got to find the top okay. five, dude. feels like I'm just pleading with Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that. I just, I just need save the show, Internet, please. Star Wars reference. Huh? Yeah. Well, you know. You're, so, you're, you're a hologram princess Leia. Go. Uh, I do remember this, that he didn't have like a, a numbered list. He just gave his top 15. I don't think you can, by the way. Yeah, I'm it's the same so way. hard to put. I'm the same way. Like you have albums that you seriously, seriously, seriously love. And then you have albums that you're just like, oh, I mean, it's a great album, but I don't. Like records this year. It's like, what's better? You know, the last Darkest Hour record or the new Goat Whore? I don't know. I'm I gonna, love them both. I don't know right. what to say. Dude, yeah. ever since you turned me on to that Havoc record, I that yeah, that one too, I right? I will not stop But how do you, how do you say it. which is better or which is worse? They're all so different. It, I see how it's hard to, yeah. to rank them, but that's what's part of the fun at the end of the year to be like, I have to rank these, mm-hmm. you know, and then people have their own formula. But um, yeah, dude, I mean, he just named a, pretty much, he did name Appetite for Destruction, you know. That's got to go in there. I mean, that is an excellent record. And I know, I know it's not a metal record. I mean, it was well, back it in the is. day. Yeah, it I was mean, back I, in the I, I day. Consider I consider a lot of hard rock records metal records. I know, I know things are so hard and heavy nowadays that people. That's like, what I'm saying. Like back ACDC in the day, ain't, ain't metal. Yeah, back in the day, Axl Rose. I mean, back back in the day, Guns N' Roses was metal. It was straight metal. It wasn't Slayer, but it was metal. No, Slayer changed it all. Yeah, yeah, we all, yeah, we. we that's why we give that. I mean, one of the, some of the surprises he put in there. He put the <clears throat> Rage Against the Machine, the Battle of Los Angeles, was I think their best record. I don't know about you. Uh, I think their first one was you so do? great. I think most people do. Self-titled. <laughs> and then, um, you know. Battle for, but that album was excellent, though. Battle for Los Angeles. Yeah, was that was excellent. the one. And then uh, Black Sabbath, one he put in there was Sabotage, which I love Sabotage, but I definitely think the first. I think the first one. I mean, Sabbath, first Bloody Sabbath. Four, just, man. A, a Paranoid 2 was, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. There's so many good good records. And then, uh, and then some, some ones that I think 
people like you said number of the beast uh you know he did unleash in the east by judas priest which i think is a lot of people that's where people should start off with if they haven't gotten into priest is that live record and then uh yeah allison chains dirt so some some good stuff there motorhead overkill you know i i would go with ace of spades on that too mm-hmm. but i would probably say facelift or allison chains see i wouldn't i'd go dirt i just i see a sorrow like such a fucking awesome song what song, song? csr, CSR. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you gotta enunciate too sea of sorrow sea of sorrow i did say that sea of sorrow that was i mean dude when that 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 song when i first heard queens do that song it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> i was like jeff tate's voice is so good <laughs> Fuck. dude i don't know where my mind went to when you said that uh no it dude, was I, emperor I, I, I thought you said empire and then i just was like i might i do the bit killed your mind it you did it to me when you did the papa coach bit, i couldn't focus anymore i'm like i don't want to fuck up anymore so that's i get that's it part of the i joy. get it, it tell us. papa coach that okay. thing that thing needs to be retired anyways nope. so are we ready to get into our interview yes okay guys so we did get the pleasure to talk to uh mr jason kaiser from uh origin here is the interview right here guys this is uh pete and brandon we are uh, on the phone with jason kaiser from origin how are you doing my man i'm doing great thank you for uh pronouncing my name correctly it's so often just terribly butchered so yeah, good to be with metal sucks how you guys doing good man i want you to know i usually ask people ahead of time is this correct so i don't butcher it uh, or like if you know those the albums keezers keezers usually the go-to oh. but see we've seen the usual suspects so there's no yeah. way i'm gonna mess ah, up okay. yeah keys are so safe i don't know just, who- there's no fear that's gonna be popped into my brain when i hear that name but Kaiser, on the other hand, Kaiser. Yeah, that's that. how I. That's how I separate the uh, the culture from the uh, from the layman's from people who get that reference. So, <laughs> good, good on you. Good. All right. Good. We're good starting start. off good. We're yes. starting off good. So uh, we made the connection. Uh, first thing. Uh, first things first. Uh, just so the the listeners know, um, June has been amazing for metal releases. But the end of June, Origin, you guys are dropping the new one, Unparalleled Universe, June thirtieth, um, out on Nuclear Blast, dude. Um, how is the uh, nuclear blast in the States and Nagonia in Europe? So, oh, cool. last is my plug. That's that is good. I didn't I didn't know that part. See, my sometimes my research doesn't reach Europe, oh, <laughs> but we have European listeners. So, uh, how is the sound of Origin evolved on this record uh, compared to Omnipresent? Uh, I mean, Omnipresent. I think uh, in retrospect, people look back at it as being like the most divergent from the Origin sound, and and I look back at it as being like unintentionally that was our like space rock opera i guess as far as tech death metal stuff goes so it was more of an overarching theme throughout the whole album like everything tied together with the interludes and it got a little maybe a little too experimental for for some of the hardcore fans of origin taste but uh more or less it was a slow burn for people but uh this one is back to straight up every single song it starts like a heart attack and is is its own separate entity and has its own distinct elements to it. So every, I think we're back to the uh, the old more traditional style of origin songwriting, to the chagrin of some, but to the joy of others. So we got a little something for everybody now. So in a, in a, like a comparison wise, are you, are you would you compare it to like entity or antithesis or or is it uh, just I mean, more? A, is it like a evolution from those? Uh, we, I mean, Paul Ryan the the. the primary songwriter day one guy paul ryan would be the first person to tell you that he never uh tries to recreate something he's already done he never wants to do the same album twice you know it it works for you know bands like amon amarth who can put out the same album 15 times in a row but he keeps he, he tries to 
you know, evolve and change as much as, you know, two, three years between albums, you're going to have new ideas. You're going to do different kinds of things. So, uh, it's, I, I've heard people who have heard it have compared it more to like the Informus era, like the earlier era of origin. But to me, it just sounds like this album, you know, everyone is distinct to me, you know? That's, and you were talking yeah. about trying something new and, uh, you got to collaborate with engineer Robert Rebeck who was working primarily with rap artists like ICP and tech nine. But uh, what input does he bring to you that a metal engineer may not? Uh, I don't know if he's ever done ICP. I, maybe I should have asked him a little deeper, but he definitely did Tech Nine and Brotherly Song, who was are that, actually fantastic rapper. Was that a prerequisite, by the way? You're no, just kind of. <laughs> I saw the ICP on his uh, his discography. I swear he he engineered one. Okay. <laughs> so. Be good for him. I mean, that's money, you know. Yeah. I mean, but. Uh, uh, Rob Reback has been Origins producer for I think every album but maybe one so he's like our guy he's who we go to every single well we travel to Kansas just to, to work with Chatton Studios and work with him and because uh, he you know you, you, he's, aside from being a fantastic producer he's, he's we know him he knows us he's not afraid of that like social element of being like, well, I mean, it's good, but maybe he'll be like straight up. Yeah. That's, you know, do that again with less suck, please. And like, that was terrible. <laughs> do it again. Like, which you need, that is such a crucial element, you know, without that, you're just like, I don't, you, you descend into, you know, being unsure, being like, I don't know, was it good, but he'll straight up tell us. And, you know, he, in death metal isn't, it's not like an Eric Rutan or somebody who, lives and breathes death metal you know he has a distinct ear for uh, for everything outside of that so it's it's a good outside voice and we trust him completely with our work so we'll probably continue to work with him as long as possible and uh is there a thin line when you're dealing with an engineer between you know tough love and just whoa dude are you part of the third reich take it easy <laughs> uh i mean I, you got to take outside opinions because you can get, unless you have a singular vision and you're like the one person making all those calls, you need outside opinions in the studio more than anything because you're, you're doing it over and over and over and over again and you get lost in it and you, you begin to just not even be able to, you know, by the end of a recording session, like I don't even remember what the album sounds like because it's just been so it's just it descends into just a droning monotone by the end of it so you need somebody's outside opinion who might necessarily might not necessarily be in the band you know so i think it's completely necessary now is there for, a big for, is there a big hip hop fan in the band though i mean i am i oh, <laughs> we're all fans of just music in general i'm I, some of the other members might be a little more old school uh you know death metal or get the fuck out but uh <laughs> I think uh, I might be a little more open-minded in that respect. You're, you're like, look, I know all the lyrics to Ice Cube, you know, or, or what is it, Le- right. Lethal Injection, you oh. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was going to say America's Most Wanted, but you can go with Lethal Injection. Okay. I'll go. No, I'm, 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 I'm from New York. I'm strictly West Coast, or East Coast. Well, I, know all the, I know all the words to 36 Chambers. So <laughs> all right, you can't okay. sing all the words yeah. to 36 yeah. Chambers you can in your sing, car alone. Yeah, in your car, and that's pretty much it. That's the only time well, you can I'll sing pro- track yeah. number two. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll I mean, go. in my... Secretly. <laughs> yeah. You can't karaoke those. <laughs> so, anyways, but uh, so I was going to ask, oh, what album do you love, but is, is like a secret that you don't want, you want to keep away from metal fans? Is there like a rap album that you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want metal fans to know I love? 
Well, you know, the thing about it is, like, I'm a huge fan of any style of music in, like, the grimy parts of any style of music. Like, there's amazing, like, like I love, like, grimy-ass outlaw country stuff. Like, mm-hmm. even, like, the stuff that isn't, like, Hank 3, but more, like, the, the sh- stuff from the 70s and 60s and 80s that were, like, wicked depressing. Like, Towns Van Zandt is, like, probably one of my favorite artists because it just makes me, like, want to drink and be sad. And it's grimy. Like, anything that isn't, the pop ver- the pop radio equivalent like grimy hip hop grimy country even like grimy techno and stuff like that you know stuff like Igor or like even like I remember I saw a video of um the, that Dead Mouse electronic dude opening a, a huge outdoor fest with like sampling an entire Psychroptic album like that kind of stuff is is killer to me anything that isn't spoon fed conventional no matter what style it can be great it's 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 dangerous to like descend into elitism as far as like, oh, no, I refuse to listen to that, you know? You just like aspects of everything. That's probably the best way to live. Yeah, couldn't agree agree more. Completely agree. So um, what is your, like, favorite lyric to scream out at the audience when you're doing an origin show? Oh, I actually have an answer to this question. Oh, you do? I've I've never been asked that, but there is a... Uh, I, got, I wish I could remember. It's in Wrath of Vishnu. It's a James Lee verse. Oh, man. But, oh, God, it's so hard to do it off the top of my head when it's not, like, in the flow of things. Um, <laughs> damn it. I'll have to get back. I, gotta, I, I can't remember it. I'll have to get back to you on that. No problem. I was wondering, because, I, I mean, I wanted to but ask. Go ahead. Yeah. The lyrics of Wrath of Vishnu in total are, like, my favorite to sing. They just flow. Like, James was brilliant. Like, it just flows so perfectly. And the one distinct line, I think the second verse, prehistoric devastation of all words yet not created, blah, 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 is like, it flows so perfectly. That is cool, man. That is cool. Because, yeah, I, I was always wondering, like, if, if you're a vocalist, because the lyrics, sometimes when you read them on the sheet and, you know, you guys are screaming them out, I'm like, I couldn't memorize this to save my ass, you know, because, like, some of the, you know, Words are too, I guess, big for me. Am I allowed to say that? that's three syllables. Yeah, sometimes three syllables. Yeah, I'll mess that up. So I would. I mean, you can have a thesaurus or a dictionary on stage. It's fine. Nobody will fall. Yeah, can I get some synonyms, please? I need to really, really deduce this. Get down to the most basic level. Every once in a while, you need to buy a vowel. Every once in a while. I got you. But, go Oh, I was going to say, what were you going to say? Uh, I mean, for, for, for me personally, like, I've always been huge on, I've been always, um, I guess, substance over style. Like, I'm huge on enunciation and getting as many of it, of the syllables right, especially in this kind of music that's so, like, rapid, that rapid fire. Like, you can be the kind of band that substitutes actually saying your own lyrics for sounding way more guttural, or you could maybe be a little throatier and less bubblier, but make sure every word and syllable hits on point and using your voice as an instrument in that way and it counts. And there's a lot of like a lot of good death metal bands that do that. And we, we, we suffer from not being able to hit those just like demonic lows because more or less impossible to do both. Like me, like I'd like to do that. Like Archfire is another band that does that fantastically. And just like, I, that's just my preference, you know? So I, I take the lyrics very seriously and, and performing them correctly as much as I can, you know, considering, you know, the amount of booze in my head at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
So Origin is going to be a part of the Summer Slaughter Tour, summerslaughtertour.com. You got a bunch of, got a huge lineup, Black Dahlia Murder, Dying Fetus, Faceless, Oceano, Slaughter to Prevail. Many bands that are going to be a part of that. And this is your third run with the Summer Slaughter Tour. What are the ups and downs of sharing the stage with so many bands? Um, I mean, it definitely has its ups and downs. Uh, parking, <laughs> I think, would be like the, the worst pain in the ass in, out of everything. Uh, it's hard to get drunk when you're competing with like a hundred other dudes trying to scam free drinks however you can. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's nice to it's nice to be a part of it. It's nice to be even smaller, uh, like lower on the level. I wish I was a little higher on the in the bill, but uh, you know what can you do? But it's an easy day. Like we're done by six thirty, and we get to you know that's half of the dread of touring is waiting to play that empty space before you actually have to do your job. But when you're done at seven o'clock, like you get to sit back drink enjoy dying fetus and block dahlia murder every night without you know being sweaty or like hauling gear off stage so it's it's kind of great for us as as dudes that are actually fans of these bands so we actually get a little bit of everything out of it and it's a guaranteed you know guaranteed attendance every night there's not there's not going to be any like you know half empty halls or anything like that so and since we've done it before like it's not going to be any surprises so kind of killer and i think every band on it this year has done it at least once before so everybody knows the score everybody works together and you become like a well-oiled machine really quick and you guys are on here this is their third time on there is it has there been a band that's been on there more than three times or do you guys know uh, i feel like the faceless must have been by now Probably. a lot of those sumerian those sumerian bands get like they're always on it but that's i feel true. like the Faceless have done it more than three times very true. And now on the new record, you guys do cover a Brujeria song. Now we were just talking about you syllabalizing really well. Um, how was how was uh, it was Revolution? Is that yep. what they did? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you guys did have uh, actress uh, from Orange Is the New Black, uh, Jessica Pimentel. She mm-hmm. she did background singing. How did how did that transpire? How did you, that pairing come together? Um. Well, I mean, we the choosing of that song in general came about like we knew we had to do a cover song. Not had to, but we just wanted to, and uh, like half of the band was of the of uh of the mindset of okay, death metal band doing a cover song. You you only have to do a song that isn't death metal. You have to take a different kind of style, make it heavy, change it up, showcase it. That's the only reason why it's interesting. And the other half was strictly of no, we have to be traditional. We have to do like a Cannibal Corpse or another death metal song. So we like bickered back and forth on that forever and couldn't come to an agreement of what to do. And I don't know how it came up. I think Paul suggested it to be like, oh, yeah, what about uh, just a Brujeria track and make it weird and do it in Spanish, even though none of us actually speak Spanish. And I think that was enough of a gimmick for us to to go for it. And like, it's amazing to think that song's like 20 plus years old now. And it's still one of the heaviest songs ever. And one of my favorites, you know, of all time. But uh, I wonder how many Mexican dudes are going to listen and go, dude, their accent sucks. (laughs) <laughs> I've heard it's quite good. I've heard it. Oh, there you go. I've heard it's on point. Okay. Even in death metal, I hear it's not that like. But uh, I'm waiting for that, and like, hopefully, it'll get us down to South America in, at some point. But, but yeah, Jessica Pimentel, Pimentel is a, a friend from. She's from New York City, and she's been in like hardcore metal bands down there forever. And like, I'm from upstate New York, so she's played up here. We played down there, and we just know each other for years. And I actually saw her at a. Uh, for one of the first times in a while since she started getting more busy and popular with her work, I saw her at the Brujeria, Brujeria Cattle Decapitation Tour in New York City, and we were just kind of hanging out and just both super stoked to be there. 
And when we came up with the idea, she was like the first person that came in mind. And like, oh, that she would do amazing doing backing vocals on that. Cause she's just fiery as fuck, you know? And like, I, when she fucking screaming that shit, I totally believe it. And she was like, I didn't, I didn't have anybody else even in mind. Like she was the first person that went there. She was cool enough. She was in, uh, she was in Sweden at the time. Cause she's like, uh, dates the dude from the sugar. And so she was cool enough to like, use his studio or whatever, send tracks back, and we just put it all together, and it's fantastic. Mm. Cool. And uh, let's go back to the uh, talking about the new album here, Unparalleled Universe, out June 30th on Nuclear Blast here in the States. Uh, let's go. Uh, so anyway, any songs surprise you, like direction-wise, after you heard the final version? Were you just like, whoa, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know that was I was capable of that, or we were capable of that? Uh, there's definitely a couple curveball tunes on it that, uh, like, I, like I said earlier, Paul you know, does the beef, like the meat of the songwriting. And uh, so he'll come up with all the riffage and the structure of it. And then we, we all do our respective parts after that. And when he came to us with, uh, I think it's track five or six, the uh, invariance under transformation, which is the slow sludgy doom song, almost like uh, my immediate reaction was, what do you come on? What do you want me to do with this? Are you kidding? (laughs) But, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm notoriously wrong in those decisions of like when I bitch and moan to the rest of the band, I'm always proven wrong, even though I'm like the most outspoken to like always have a complaint, but I'm always wrong. And that one turned out to be like one of the, my favorite heaviest tracks on the album, even though it's uh, arguably the slowest origin song ever written. So yeah, there's twists and turns throughout the whole thing. And, but I feel like it comes together. Like it makes sense to do it. It's not just for the sake of doing it. You know? Is there ever like a musical track that that's completed? They send it on over to you to add lyrics to, and you're are you just like this song is too good and we should leave it as an instrumental? Have you ever done that? Uh, there's tracks that I've I know like there's the um, at the end of of um, the song uh, unequivocal on this album. Uh, it's like the last track before the cover. There's like a, a five or six minute part where Paul does this amazing like fucking scream metal from the mountaintop epic part that I, I chose not to do lyrics for and or sing for. I was like, nah, that'll be fine. It's just like a powerful, proggy instrumental part that now every time I hear it, I'm so bummed that I didn't that I didn't put anything on it. Like in retrospect, I wish I had done some epic like power metal screams and man of war war cries and shit, so hindsight i guess but no there's never really anything that like i'll I'll make it work for anything but sometimes there's ones that i choose not to that later i'm like damn it i'm an asshole i should have totally power metal the (laughs) fuck out of that and uh as a death metal growler uh why do you think fans are so anti-clean singing and established death metal acts i mean is it just because that's the sound that they gravitate towards and all of a sudden i don't know that uh that purist mentality takes over um, I mean, there's a, I think there's a couple different ways that that could be looked at. I, I think primarily uh, this form of music has always been um, escapist. It's always been a way to not uh, to not associate yourself with the, the actual real world around you, like any black metal, death metal, like anything that uses the vocals like that in an, a way that's almost inhuman. That's using the vocals as as a, a sound, like a, a sound itself. Because it's 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 a way to not hear a song about somebody singing about their you know breaking up with their girlfriend or 
you know, partying and being and bling or whatever. It's it's a it's a way to escape all that. So when you're hearing a death metal track with brutal gutturals that you can you don't even need to know the words to to get into that mindset. It's just anything they could be saying. You just understand the, the the primal, you know, brutal force of it. And if you get you're in the mindset, and all of a sudden you hear somebody go in the middle of it, it, it yanks you right out completely. <laughs> it pulls you out of that world. They just yanked me out of the interview. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and uh, it's just I feel like that's if you ask me, that's that's my explanation of it. Like I have nothing against clean singing when it's done well or right, but. I can see how that, in that respect, and I think people feel that way without even realizing that's why they feel that way. They just say something stupid like, oh, that's dumb or whatever. But deep down, they're really just like pulled out of their fantasy realm. It's like, you know, watching Lord of the Rings marathon for like four and a half hours and then suddenly switching over to like the Ellen show or something and being like, oh, I don't want to be in this world. Get out of here. (laughs) I want mead. Uh, But, uh, you know, do you think it's something like a, the way you described it, it almost sounded like it was a, a primal feeling. Like they just, they couldn't, it was almost like a call to the wild, that sure. sound. Yeah, and that's, I well, mean, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think about, um, I think about the, the, when I was younger, like I'm not that old, but I'm starting to, luckily I feel like I'm getting old enough to where I can start, start talking about the old days, you know, and like <laughs> chiding the kids. Yeah, but like America I remember getting, online. Yeah, I'll, I was on the Unholy Metal chat room. I don't know if any of your listeners remember that shit. Someone's happy right now. You said that. Yeah, so there's like 12 guys that are like, get the fuck out. But uh, the Relapse Records message board, I'm, I'm that old school. But uh, the uh, but uh, like I remember getting like one of the first, I was lucky enough when I was really young that I kind of skipped out on all of like what people conventionally go through, like getting into like, Limp Bizkit and White Zombie as like a conduit to heavier stuff through the early 90s. Like I got dumped right into it because my older brothers were into like super heavy metal shit. So uh, like I remember one of the first albums I ever got was one of the uh, like the first Emperor CD that I sent away for and got back in like 1995 or something. And the feeling of listening, of breaking that open and listening to that for the first time was horrible. It was like a scary feeling like and looking at the, you know, before the internet, before you knew what they actually looked like. And like, it, it took you to a different place and you resonated with it. And the vocals were just this howl from beyond and like, did not sound human. Like guitars are guitars and drums are drums. But at that time, it's like, what human being can make that noise? Like, how does that a thing? So, no, that's... Me, it all it all died when the minute I found out Bruharia weren't actually Mexican drug dealers is when the internet all <laughs> when metal went all downhill for me. I think that head was real though on that cover on Raza oh, yeah, yeah. Like I think that head was real. That's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's I mean it's a perfect perfect example. I think a lot of people relate to because I do remember when I first my first death metal or like Emperor um, when I got into that first record. It was like I first let the sounds hit me. And then you had the layers. Then you'd focus to the guitar mm-hmm. and, the, and the drum. Then you'd break open the book after you heard it like seven times. And then you'd get to the lyrics. And people that delve into it, then you know it, right? And then that's why it's like the favorite genre of mine, you know, because there's so many layers. It's like a you peel it back and you give it the time, and then it kind of like blossoms, the songs, mm-hmm. opposed to like um, Give Me Something to Break by Limp Bizkit, which yeah. you can listen to once. <laughs> yeah. 
Be like, I got it all. There's, there's no letters. And I feel kind of, I actually feel kind of bad for, for people that are like now, Turkey and like 18, 19 now, getting into this kind of stuff. Like there's, you have a million old albums to listen to and that's great. You have all the albums in the world to, to go back and experience, but you'll never experience it with like genuine awe like we did back in the, back then yeah. because, you know, you can go on Google and be like, oh, what? let's watch Abbott like be an idiot on stage and it'll just take you like at the heart of winter is maybe like my favorite album of all time. But what if I was 20 now and I saw Abbott goofing around on stage and then listen to at the heart of winter, I would not feel the same way. <laughs> right. I agree. Yeah. So what, uh, in the, oh, I'm sorry about that. What vocalist in the genre are you most impressed with? Have you been on tour and you're like, wow, that dude. What vocalist vocalist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of like the conventional dudes that are that are doing stuff that are just, or not conventional, but I mean, dudes that are doing stuff that are just totally out of the box these days. Like Travis Ryan, obviously, is like a spectacular vocalist. Yeah. Uh, Ollie from Archfire, I just was on the road with him a minute ago, and like I did, he's doing like a whole new thing. And I don't know, that's you know, I like the I like when people try something different and and aren't afraid to experiment, which I don't really do, unfortunately. I just. I haven't come up with an idea yet, but yeah, anybody that's willing to like try something new, I'm always all about. And uh, Origins' 20th anniversary as a band is this year. Are there any plans to commemorate that milestone? <laughs> I mean, I know it's expected to do like one album front to back is like the new hot thing these days, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. we'll probably just do a, a nice T-shirt to commemorate it. Or <laughs> <laughs> that works. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. Exactly. Sure. Get a little bit of cash from the merch booth. I'm digging it. Like, I feel like those 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 playing one album front to back bits are a little, that's a little bit of a cliche, but, you know, who am I to judge? That's the one thing, like, when you were saying, like, you get to watch uh, a band in its entire, you know, for example, Black Dahlia is doing Nocturnal, it's in its entirety on Summer Slaughter. It's like, so I would love to see Black Dahlia every night, but then it's like, do you want to see them do Nocturnal every night, you know, instead of like a yeah. set of a, a mix thing? So I feel the same way because most of the time when, when those shows do happen, you're just counting the tracks off in your mind while they're playing yeah. them until they get to the hits. It's it's just a weird feeling, but I agree with you on that. Now, last question before we let you go, man. Um, this is a serious Yeah, hey, I got all day. I'm, not, I'm, I'm in between tours. I got all day. What do you oh. got? <laughs> What's your take on Syria? No, I'm kidding. No, no stop I'm it. Don't, don't, no, don't, no, no, no. Just, oh, boy. How much time we got? <laughs> in your opinion, are bands allowed to wear their own T-shirts on stage as they perform? Ooh. That's a tough one. See, I've been doing this for – I've been touring professionally for about 15 years now. So I – and I keep – at least one like tour shirt from every tour I've ever done. I have a whole closet from, from skinless, mucopus, like every, four or five bands. I've never worn one of them once. <laughs> no, like I don't even, I don't even wear them in private. <laughs> like I'm, oh, I'm still, I'm, I have a skinless tour shirt from, from 2005 that I'm like, is the statute of limitations over yet. Can I wear this? Yet? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess on stage, if it's your bit, if it's like, that's your gimmick, I get it. But if you're just wearing it because you think you're hot shit, that's a little fucking corny. But yeah. you know, to each their own. I don't. I don't judge. I Why? What do you right. think? What's your opinion on you, that? I agree with you. Every time I've seen like a band and it's like they've got their own T-shirts on, I'm like, I feel like there's like an something wrong there. Like, see, I don't think so. I think when I see, yeah. I, I, it, but it all depends on their attitude 
about it. You know, like if they're just like, eh, whatever, I got a T-shirt on, whatever. But like what you were saying, if they're going to sit there and pretend like, yeah, I'm wearing my own logo. And just like you said, I'm hot shit. Then I'm like, you know what? Fuck this dude. You know, but if I see like, because it's, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a syndrome of, uh, I don't know if, where you guys are from, but it's like a very local band syndrome. Like there's definitely, I see it. I've been seeing it all the time, all my life of bands who are just local bands where like their uncle is their manager and like the only people that come out, they have like three of the, every band has like the same, like a girlfriend and one like tall, skinny cracked out guy. And like, that's the only people that go to their shows, but they still are thinking about how to shit in the world. And they always have worker shirts with their own names on them. Like each individual band member has their own like wacky name, like Sid with two D's or <laughs> monster or something like that. And that's all I can think of whenever I can see even like as big a band as, you know, Slayer wearing their own shirt. I'm just like, ah, you're that fucking guy that wears his own shirt to his own show. Exactly. Nobody cares. <laughs> it makes me think that they don't listen to modern music. Cause like if I go see a band, I don't know who like darkest hour and they're wearing an origin shirt. Like, and I don't know who Origin is, and I like that band. I'm going to be like, let me check that band out. That is out. a good point. I like when I, because I've seen that on, on certain, like, bands. I've seen singers or something like that. I'm like, who's that band he's wearing? And that's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then, like you said, that's like. That's the sport thing. Exactly. It's, it keeps the scene flowing. But, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Five Finger Death Punch without a Five Finger Death Punch t-shirt on. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah <laughs> so, exactly. That is boring. That's exactly. I don't, even, I, I don't wear, I try not even to wear other band shirts anymore, because I feel like that. Put you can put you in a weird position. Like this is like a bad, it's like a stupid business tactic of like I don't want to be put in a position where somebody be like, oh, the band's terrible. I'm not going to support these guys because he likes that band because people are fickle and stupid like that. They are, yeah. So, if, if you have an Azalea Dying shirt, like, and you and there's a picture five years ago, you're going to get hate for it. <laughs> like, so, yeah. And I don't want to. I don't even want to take that risk. So I, I I get sponsored by this by a t-shirt company that just sends me boatloads of stuff, and they're all like the most. They're way more offensive t-shirts than. Any as offensive as any band would be, but they're not like specific to any one thing. So I feel more comfortable with that. Right on, man. Well, Jason Kaiser, dude, thank you so much for letting us talk to you today. Uh, once again, Origins' new album, Unparalleled Universe, coming out June 30th, and they're also going to be on the Summer Slaughter tour. Summer Slaughter, the Summer Slaughter tour. Dot com with Black Dahlia Murder, Dying Fetus, The Faceless, Oceano, Slaughter to Prevail, Rings of Saturn. That's going on July 27th to August 26th. Jump on that website to get your tickets. Dude, Jason, thank you so much, man. The conversation was extremely enlightening. Yeah, dude, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Thank you, Metal Socks. I love you, dude. I frequent your website, and you guys do fantastic work. Have us back anytime. We'll see you soon. Right on, Excellent. man. Take thank care, you, Jason. man. Bye.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. Jason Kaiser, dude, origin. They're a swell dude. <laughs> death metal guys are the best. I always say, we always say that. What like the it? interview, there's something about those dudes are just awesome. Man. What do you? What is it about death metal guys? Well, I think they. I think they. I, I personally, I just think like, hey, they know that they, they play death metal. That there's 
a lot of fun to it. There's a lot of, you know, tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's not super serious where it's like, we're talking about great, you know, it's just like, Hey, we're here to have fun. We get that. We get it. And that's usually why it is. Usually when you talk to guys, maybe it's, I see, I kind of think it's where we're going to, we're going to run into some death metal guy. That's probably like not into us. Right. You know? Well, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know how they couldn't be into us. We're so good. We're, we're <laughs> so good. We're like empire. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that record. Anyways, uh, yeah. But uh, so the two songs that we played, guys. Uh, first one, Cascading Future. Both the origin songs, just in case you weren't aware. First one, Cascading uh, Failures, Diminishing Returns. Second one is uh, Accident and Error. Both off the new record, which comes out this Friday, guys. Uh, June 30th on Nuclear Blast. And uh, yeah, dude. Oh, I- and don't forget to check them out on the Summer Slaughter Tour. Yes. tour.com. They got Black Dahlia. They got Dying Fetus, which, uh, man, that new record is is just the same thing. That's got to be on my top list, too, right? But I don't know how to compare the new Dying Fetus record with, you know, well, dude, Havoc. You, t- <laughs> like, you title you- your record the, long, the wrong one to fuck with. I'm sorry. Like, there's, not a, there's not a dude out there that isn't just like, yeah, let's go mow the lawn. And they just, they're just amped. They're pumped. Dude, it's, 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 they, they <sighs> fucking... That's a great record too. I but want anyways, to go make juice. So, and we haven't heard the Orja one, right? But I am super excited. I went back and was listening to Entity all night, right, dude? So let's uh, and Omnipresence, dude. But anyways, moving forward, guys. Thank you so much uh, for listening to both episodes. Hope we weren't too much for you guys this week. Next week we will be returning with our normal Monday show, and uh, we want to thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. We appreciate every single one of you guys out there. Thank you. All right, man. We'll see you guys next week. Empire. <laughs> The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.